Hey everybody and welcome to season two of the Irish Expat podcast. I'm Jane and I'm Cormac. In this season we share the ups and downs of our Italian journey. From how we moved to Italy to the hustle of work we'll be sharing what it's actually like to move countries. Join us for Tuscan adventures, our unforgettable bedbug experience plus an Edinburgh Fringe special. Whether you're a travel enthusiast or just curious, join us for stories, laughs, and good old Irish hospitality. So, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, everyone. We are now in season two. Amazing. We made it. It took a year to get season one out. But a bit behind schedule, but... <laughs> a little bit. I actually had it in my notes that we would get out season one by last Christmas. Yep. <laughs> we're now in December. We should so. be on like season 14 by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, season two, we're back. But as ever, um, we're in new days. We're in a new house. New palatial gaff. New palatial gaff. So... This episode is just going to be like a very, we say brief, it's going to be long, but it will be a kind of brief overview of everything that we've done over the years, years, but yeah, it is years now. So we've been here for 18 months. Well, nearly, nearly years. Oh, we're, we're, we're getting there. Where is the time going? I don't know. But yeah, so this episode will cover kind of what we're doing for work, how we're making mates, our Italian, and what else we kind of did through it. Well, uh, traveling in general and you know, getting around with a bit more Italian now and yeah. you know, our hopes and dreams for 2024 in terms <laughs> of traveling and opportunities. And some of our negative experiences throughout the year, which yeah. was great crack, great crack. Um, so I'll give a little bit of a, a brief overview of the last 18 months. We went on the six week holiday. We then did a whole season one about the six-week holiday and everywhere that we went. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our intro um, episode was a bit about us pre-going on the holiday, going on the holiday, and then we had just started settling down in Florence. Yeah. So it's been 18 months. We're still in Florence. We got um, our apartment, which we'll talk about in the next section. And we were living there for just over a year. And then we went to Edinburgh to go do the Edinburgh Fringe in August. And by the time we got to Edinburgh, we were a little bit weary of... Yeah, we didn't really know where we were going or what was happening mm. with, with ourselves and where we wanted to be based. And if we, we wanted to stay sure. in Florence, if we wanted to move on, like what was going on with ourselves. We weren't sure, yeah, if we wanted to move on or not. Um, Edinburgh was a great reset in the sense of like... <laughs> we were just so tired after working like 15 well, hour days every day. You know, <laughs> anyone out there that's worked the Fringe Festival, you know exactly what we mean. You know, it's just 15, 16 hour day, relentless... Dealing with people, yeah, it was a dead. It was such good fun, though. Like it's just—it's a crazy party town during August. But we got back from Edinburgh, and we decided that we were going to extend our lease on our apartment for one more year because it was a very good deal, which you'll find out why in a little while. But um, we decided to extend our lease for at least one more year. Unfortunately, we did have to leave that property, which we'll get into. But we are now in December. We're in a new gaff. We're right in the city centre of Florence and we're here for at least one more year. You can see the Duomo from the roof lap. It's sick. It's also, we, we have a roof terrace. Yeah, I've, I'm never leaving the house. Like, no, I'm why would you? I, I'm so glad. Like, I have friends. Goodbye. 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 I will we're, never see you ever again. We're going to be on the multiple floor apartment that we now own. Well, maybe they'll come to our house. Oh, they'll have to, but we can't afford to go to the pub. <laughs> That's true. We've spent so much money. <laughs> Which we will get into on our budgetary yeah. sections. But, uh, yeah, we have spent a lot of money this year. and um, We were just getting back in the green. And then, bam. 
we had to get a new apartment and bed bugs. So yeah. Uh, so getting accommodation, we have been really lucky to meet some of y'all. Um, yeah, absolutely. A lot of feedback that we've gotten is uh, some of our listeners are people who want to move abroad and just have no idea how to do it. Um, So do you want to take over how we got both of our accommodations? So our accommodations, just well, for Italy in general, there is a couple of websites that we found really, really good. Uh, Idolista is one of them. Mm -hmm. They're website format and app-based format. So they're really good. Uh, You can find a range of like, it's crazy. It's like, Villas outside of Florence, like apartments in the city center, all the prices range from like six, seven hundred, all the way up to mm-hmm. four or five thousand a month. We even saw like a ten thousand. We saw a mansion. villa, yeah, yeah. Like a, a sixteen-room villa with, with with extra rooms for your servants, which was just <laughs> nuts. And um, so, yeah, we used Idealista, and that was really, really, really good. So basically, Florence at the moment there is a big housing crisis. That is basically because the city has gotten so much more tourists in it since COVID. This has been the boom year. Um, also, they have bad Airbnbs now, so they set a From ditch. any new registered, any new registered one. So before the register was finished, I think four and a half thousand properties registered for Airbnbs in the city centre. So the city centre is called the ZTL. So that's just a very small section of the very, very, very centre, probably like a three, four kilometre radius around the Duomo, basically, which is a hub. And um, so, yeah, finding anything inside of that's really difficult. There's some residential areas just outside, but that you're talking a 25, 35 minute walk mm-hmm. into the centre. So for me, with my with my job, um, I have to travel to it because I work in a bar. So I couldn't, I had, we had to find something in the centre. Yeah. So basically that entailed looking at Idealista every single morning, setting notifications on our, on our apps, on our emails, mm-hmm. and then just praying and looking yeah. at applying for everything. The way we got this apartment was... So we'll just talk about the first one we got, we got really lucky. We we were still traveling. We were up in Lake Garda. And this very nice letting agent, shout out to Beatrice. Beatrice, Beatrice, the legend. Yeah, she's very lovely. Um, But she did a video tour of the apartment. We still weren't sure if it was a scam. They were like, oh, send us money, send us money. I was like, I'm not sending you any money until we land on the property. Yeah. But... um, it was 750 euro that we had to send as a security deposit. And I just said, let's just do it. And if yeah. we get scammed, then we're going home anyway. And we sent it to her when we finally got back to Florence and we were waiting outside to mm. meet her and the landlord with keys. She arrived 20 minutes late. Uh, yeah, so- we were really worried as well because we couldn't find the office on Google Maps. And uh, we found out later, only a few days ago, why, because they had moved offices very recently. <laughs> so that's why they didn't show up. But yeah, it's very concerning. But yeah. anyway, so we signed the contracts. It was a one year contract. Um, it's very easy to get a one year contract here. They kind of prefer it. The tax is better. And um, just in general, um, Italian law is very much in the tenant's favor. Yeah. So once you stay here for one year, if you want to renew your contract, it's a whole rigmarole and they have to give you a three, four or four, four. So essentially you just like own the house pretty yeah. much. They can't kick you out. It's so the, the most important thing for like the three, four and the four, four is to get your residency. You have to be a resident. So yeah. that's, if people want to move here and then become a resident, that is the way you have to do it. Otherwise, you can get a transitional contract, which is the 12 to 18 months is what we got. Yeah. So we're uh-huh. still on a transitional contract now. 
And then to get the second house. To get the second house, then we did Idealista again. So I think that's the same. We got the first house at Idealista. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Beatrice, though. Their, their, their agency name is Cento Casa or 100 Casa. They're really, 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 really friendly. And they kind of specialize in apartments from like 750, 600 to 1,000 euro a month. They do small some of one bed, yeah. one year contract. So Cento Casa is one of the, the best agencies for just like cheap, cheerful. If you just want to move to Italy, like we did. Yeah, type in 100 Casa. 100 Casa, yeah. And so for us then, I found the new apartment on Idealista. I was just searching every single day because we were trying to get out of of our current situation in our last apartment. And then I found it. It went really quick. I found it within 45 minutes. I replied to them straight away. They said, you can come tomorrow morning for a house viewing at 11.30. I said, we had an appointment at the time with a... With uh, with the lawyer. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we cancelled that appointment and then went to the house viewing because they were saying you can only see it tomorrow. It has to go now. So we went there. There was meant to be what well, we believe. Be there was yeah. meant to be a group because we met the lady and the agent outside. He literally shook our hands and said, "One moment, please." Rang the agent and I could hear just in a basic enough Italian that he was like, "Where is everyone? There's only two people here." Yeah. So it ended up just being us and a young, I think, American student, possibly, mm-hmm. looking for the house. And that was on a Wednesday. And then by Friday, we were signing the proposal. Mm-hmm. So it moved really, really quick. And so yeah, a proposal is kind of the next step. So we didn't sign a proposal with our initial place. No, we jumped straight to the contract. So the proposal yeah. is just that you are signing off on what you're going to pay. Yeah, and you pay like a, de- a security deposit. Um, and then, yeah, then they moved to the contract stage. Yeah. But just to let everyone know, because we didn't know this coming to Italy, it is a huge amount of money that you have to pay up front for a property. So generally, it's um, you pay two months deposit, you pay your first month's rent, hmm. and then you also have to pay an agency fee. And the agency fee can be anywhere between... So in our first contract, it was... 80% of one month's uh, rent, rent yeah. which was okay. In our current place, it was actually 10% of the total contract. So our contract, we could either take it for a year or we could take it for 18 months. But given the nature of how much our rent is, we couldn't actually afford to pay for the 18 months with 10% thrown on top of that. It was just a a bit outrageous yeah it was a li- little bit too much yeah a little bit too much unfortunately. It's, it's just a bit of a workaround so that agencies can get more money but it's also why agencies are doing a lot more of these one-year contracts also at the minute to try and combat all the airbnbs there is a tax incentive for anybody who does have airbnbs if they change it back to um a minimum one-year lease then um i believe that they can do a tax write-off yeah. Um, so some people are reverting back to that, which is brilliant. It's kind of opening up the city a little bit more. But um, we we paid five grand upfront for this apartment, which is for our second apartment, which was a lot of money, especially because we didn't get our deposit back on the last place, <laughs> which we'll get into in a future section. <laughs> <laughs> so next segment is about work. So Cormac, do you want to talk a little bit about your job? It's very basic. <laughs> uh, I am a, a bartender in an Irish pub. Bar supervisor. Bar, well, sorry, yeah, bar supervisor, technically. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like one when, you know, the, the bar can be very quiet until 
10.30 and then all the American students in the world to just descend on the place. But they love you, Big Matt. <laughs> uh, my nickname is a burger, yes. <laughs> it describes everything you need to know about me. Uh, so yeah, no, I work in an Irish bar. I found it obviously coming, coming over here. Jane was very lucky in the sense that you worked online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very unlucky in the sense that I had to get a job on the ground. Um, but without having the language, you know, that was the biggest challenge for me so that's another reason why we kind of when i pushed for florence and um, was because there was i saw online there was like what 15 16 irish pubs yeah there's 16 irish pubs and here. there's such a huge density of expats from all over the world living here speaking english so i kind of knew that i'd have a bit of an opportunity mm-hmm. so i basically on the holiday on that trip to lake garda i had applied to all of the irish bars like all in italy <laughs> in italy Basically. Yeah, we yeah. tried we tried Naples, we tried Rome, and we tried here. We figured that they were I even tried ones in Lake Garda. Yeah. And you know, I like just to try, just to try. And no, I basically text them all on Facebook, all on their social media, as I said, you know, a little brief I translate a little brief introduction saying who I was, the experience I had, saying, you know, I'm an Irish bartender of nearly nearly nine years experience mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, I'm looking for a job. Essentially, it was just because our next two episodes, one is all about Cormac's work and one is all about my work. But essentially, you got a couple of replies and it was literally just Simon got back to you in English being like, when are you here? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, all the replies were so formal, so well laid out, just being like, oh, well, thank you so much for your response. Send on your email. We're very looking looking forward to meeting you, blah, blah. My current boss, Simon, just literally texted me the first time in English saying, when are you in Florence? <laughs> yeah. So that was it. He was in. So yeah, I work in Finnegan's. So loving it. Great little place. Good bar. Really kind of, I walked in and it's one of those little Irish pubs that, it, you know, it's a... It feels like home. It, it's a little dive bar. It's a perfect little dive bar. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the greatest way possible. There's no airs and graces. Nice clean little pub. Yeah. Lots of crack to be had. We show all the football. We show all the Gaelic. Mm-hmm. We have, we used to have Tejos apparently, not anymore. Yeah. Bloody Brexit. Well, yeah. And then, so apart from your work in the bar, we've also been doing a couple of Irish pub tours yeah. through Airbnb. And then we also went and we worked the Edinburgh Fringe for that month, which gave us essentially what we call our fun money, which just went all on the house. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so Edinburgh was kind of like a really good way for you to top up your wages a little bit more and get your fun money and all that. Yeah. We'll get more into that in, in the in the different episodes about work. But yeah, so come to Finnegan's in Via San Gallo. Finnegan Firenze. Woo. We also have a pub in Rome. Don't Google the one in Rome. <laughs> yeah, come to Rome. Flies. <laughs> <laughs> and also don't ring the pub <laughs> looking for Cormac in Rome. People have done that. So her, her friend did that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Silly, silly. Um, so for me, I'll get more into it, obviously, in the work mm. work episode. But um, I, when we first came on our six-week trip, it was meant to be maybe a three-week trip. But our six-week trip, I was working maybe three and a half days a week um, because I was on holidays. And um, when I when we decided to finally make the move to Florence, at the time I had sixteen clients. Some clients did not care at all that I was in Italy. I mm. assured them that if there was any big events, that I would travel home. And so I've flown home six, seven times now um, yeah. since we since we've been here. But um, some clients were not happy. And uh, I was in a kind of part-time employment. I've got a lot of contractual jobs, um, but this was actually like an employment job. 
and they were going through a company transition as well and they decided that they actually wanted people in office and like maybe a bit of flexibility about like about remote working but that flexibility was maybe one or two days a week outside of the office and I've been working remote for seven years so regardless if I come to Italy or not I would have dropped that client because I'm not going into an office at my end to sit around and hear people talk shite it's just once a week it's just not yeah I can walk yeah I can go and get all my work done and do a few check-in meetings and I know that everything's going to get done um so yeah just an office job has never been necessarily what I like doing and I like working my own hours and um with marketing it's very different there are very quiet days and there's very busy days so I didn't feel like that would be conducive to my working style at all so that was quite a bit of a chunk out of my wages that was taken away but I did get more clients and I did end up going more corporate which I'll talk about in a different episode but um essentially we do have a video on TikTok oh plug 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 uh plug 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 um essentially you know I'm working 40% less and I've taken a reduction in 40% wages. Yeah. You're working 20% less, but you've taken a 20% reduction in, in salary. So, um, you know, our lifestyle versus work overall has worked out a lot better. But again, listen to the next two episodes and you'll find out more. Hey, all I care about is that the Italian government sent me 400 euro Christmas for no apparent reason. It's, it's wonderful. The grants in this country. Oh, that's another thing, actually, is that so you are employed in this mm-hmm. country and through your code of fiscale, you yep. pay tax here, all that. I am still, I'm not a resident. I still pay tax in Ireland because I'm a consultant and all my clients are based in Ireland. I don't have any Italian clients and because I traveled back so much for work. So I do, I do travel here, there and everywhere. And again, I work in the UK, I work in Ireland, um, but I don't have any Italian clients. So until we actually decided to apply for a residency here, I'm, I, I just don't pay tax here. I pay it in Ireland. Yep. So that is our tax crack. Tax crack. The best crack. Visitors and making friends. Woo! Woo! I'm so sick of having visitors. <laughs> well, they've been all yours, baby. They've been all yours. Oh, uh, okay. Well, 2023 we... was the year of the Hanburys. <laughs> yeah, no, next year, next year. Well, this, yeah, 2024 is all about the Wheelands. That's. We're just putting a limit now on my friends and family coming over. I have like two groups. That's it. <laughs> you had like seven. We're on, we're on nine now. Or no, nine. Eight, 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 eight. eight. So we'll talk briefly about visitors. Um, yeah. When we got here, I thought I'd be a little bit homesick. Um, and obviously all of my friends are super cheap and will use any opportunity to come. Oh, yeah. All you had to say was, I have an apartment in Florence to want to visit. Yeah, I've yeah. got my flights already. I've got a spare room. For the it. amount of your friends that were drunk and just like, yeah, fine, already booked. I'm on the way. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I've had a lot of different groups of friends and some family come over, which has been really nice. Um, I wish that they'd come and stayed with us when we were in our current house, not in our last house, because this house is bloody palatial in comparison but anyway um so yeah my parents came to visit some family members and some friends and it's been really nice having them over um i've got that three-day itinerary 
nailed down. Um, as my brother says, he thinks that I should be like an official tourist. Buddy. He thought it was so good that he requested that there was a toilet schedule on the next one. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, he I'm, had a such down to each activity I'm each pretty, part of the day. I'm pretty t- I like an itinerary, you know yourself. So, um, but yeah, I always planned um, a bit of an itinerary based on who was coming. But yeah, it's been really nice to have some visitors. And now for this year, your family are going to come and visit, which is great. Finally. Yeah, they took their time. But they must have known that we were going to get this apartment. They were waiting. They, they were waiting. Now. It's like, just, just, just wait another year now. Wait till it gets into this massive. Cheeky choppies. Just wait. Central apartment with a roof terrace. It's like, yeah, not it sounds like we're gloating about it now. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's we're, we're still in the honeymoon period. We've only been in this apartment for four days. So yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but making friends, I'll let you kind of. Well, you know, Osiris people are very adaptable to making friends. We go to the pub, mm-hmm. and that's where we've met a lot of our friends, especially in work. I was really lucky. A lot of the locals were expats from England, from Wales, from America. Very quick to introduce themselves and like bring us in. Uh, invite you invite you to the pub straight away We're like oh you're here with someone bring her down we want to meet her and um, so yeah no it's been really really cool in the pub especially because there's a lovely mix there's to the deal you have the expats then you have locals and you have some italians from other parts of italy that are living in florence as well for work so we've met guys from calabria puglia we've met guys from Piscadia. we've met them all all over and and like it's we've been really really lucky because as well because we the pub that I work in is such a mix of demographic. It's half and half English speakers and Italians. Mm-hmm. Most of the younger Italians all speak English. So it's been really, really cool. Yeah. Um, we kind of fell in with a few other bars in town as well that were just, you know, there's a Cuban bar in town that just took us in immediately. As Boris. Well. Boris is his name. He is the <clears throat> doppelganger of Fidel Castro. Yeah. It's incredible. He's like, mad. He's I'm not even joking mad. there. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> Cigar in his mouth, just walks in behind the bar, smoking a cigar, makes cocktails. And as soon as as soon as we had like a nice big tab of drinks from one night, he was just like, I like you guys. Yeah. And we just kept coming back. So every time I arrive in the pub, he puts on Shipping Up to Boston by Dropkick Murphys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every effing time. It's just... Yeah, when we it's got hilarious. Back. The tourists who are sitting outside are always really confused because it goes from nice like Latina, Cuban music, it's all good. And then Ida show up and it's dun 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 dun. We went to Edinburgh, we were gone for like six weeks, and when we came back, we literally came straight from the train station with our suitcase and he started putting on like bagpipe music. Oh yeah, because I told him before we left for Edinburgh that I was just like, Oh yeah, we're going, we're going to the Scotland for the whole month. So we just started start putting on like Sweet Flower of Scotland, like the, the fucking anthem with the bagpipes. And we were just like, oh, yeah, very funny. And then as soon as we arrived back, he did the exact same thing. He's crazy. We love it. So that, that is the, the, yeah, the general gist of how we make friends here. Yeah. So my job is people. just date an Irish bartender because they'll introduce you to everyone. And we I do all really, the hard work. <laughs> it is really nice, though, because Cormac's able to, like, give me a heads up if I come into the pub someday and he's like, oh, like there's a really nice Irish couple here. There's a really nice American couple or like you should get chat to them or like, oh, I told, like I told you about this person or, you know, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a really handy way for me to make friends, to be honest. Yeah. Like give you the warning as well. Be like, see your man over there. Don't go over. (laughs) But no, it has been really nice. Um, But yeah, most of our circle was like, was centered around the pub. And now we've expanded out like a little bit. So we've met some friends of friends. Now that we're starting to get a little bit more Italian, we've got, well, 
my best one of my best Italian friends here, Antonio. He oh. speaks no English, and I speak barely any Italian, and we still get along brilliantly. But yes, you both speak a little French, a little French. If we, if we get so that, I, I've seen the two of you pissed <laughs> and speaking perfect French to each other, which I thought was mad. Yeah, good crack. Just mad. Love Antonio so much. So yeah, no, the the pubs, Irish pubs, you know, like if you can find a pop at the local, um, that is half demographic of Italians and yeah and depending on your no age, where you are, depending yeah. on your age if you come to Florence and you're you know 25 or under there's so many different like nightclubs and bars and events and things that will be on yeah. um but you know I'm not quite hip happening anymore so I just like my quiet fight and but it's been it's been really nice we've gone on trips away with these friends we've gone to rugby matches we've had dinner parties it's it's mm. been really really lovely um and yeah most of the bar staff in Finnegan's and in most of the Irish pubs they they're not from Florence so everyone wants to get to know each other um and they're they're all just really friendly so that would be my top tip on making mates is just go to an Irish pub and start talking rubbish to the bartender yep or the locals it, it always works and as well there, there's a couple of big hostels in Florence as well that all have like kind of open bars so I recommend as well go in there and, you know, in a hostel, you'll meet someone from every bloody country in the whole world. So, yeah, hostels, Irish bars, can I just, you know, and as my, well, look for biggest, the local crazy places. My biggest thing for this year now is because I do want to, now that we're going to be situated in Florence for at least another year, my big one is that I've joined a couple of different Facebook groups. Again, yes, I'm old, um, but there's a couple of different Facebook groups for um expats for students and then also just for like women in Florence who want to go and do different stuff so that's going to be my thing for this year is to make a few more like kind of girlfriends and do a few more like girly nights and that sort of stuff so yeah but we have a really really lovely base which is just one more thing to add is um you know we're a couple so it can be a little bit easier to meet people or to like we can go somewhere together and then get chatting to other people um, but we do know a few other people in, um, like from the pub and they have, have been using different apps. And so one of the bartenders who works there, he um, goes on, I think it's Bumble Friends. And he just invites people to come and have a pint at the bar. Yep. And he goes chatting to them. And so that is a different way. There are different options if you're... Yeah, Bumble you're Friends as well. And you, you invited the guy to the quiz night once from Reddit. From Reddit, yeah. 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 So you, you just, you never know and. Quiz nights, trivia nights, things like that, different events. Um, the Fiorentine magazine and, and based in Florence is a really good one. Just obviously, It's an English magazine. That Engli- English magazine tells you all the stuff that's going on. And they sometimes do like little friend circles. And mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the English churches here, St. Mark's Church or something, it's like a really good hub yeah. for English speakers as well. But well, yeah, just come to Finnegan's. We'd love to meet you. Come for pints. The next section is learning Italian. I'm going to let you kick off with that one. Oh. How did you start learning Italian? Well, originally when I was coming to Italy with you, I thought that we'd be going our separate ways after the holiday and I'd be Mm -hmm. going to a vineyard um, northwest of here. And I was doing a little bit of Duolingo. I was doing You were doing good. I was doing okay with Duolingo. I was kind of... It wasn't my format. didn't suit me the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was doing little bits. I wanted to do more, but obviously I didn't. I got stuck kind of in the mentality of, I want to have a holiday in Italy. Mm-hmm. So I decided then, obviously, when I got the job, I was like, oh, God, I really have to like learn it. Um, obviously, when I did my interview with Simon, one of the first things he asked is, like, how's your Italian? And I was like, non-existent, but I'm trying to learn. 
So he was super, super nice. Oh, he was so nice about it. So I arrived in to an A4 sheet, literally just with like a cheat guide to working in a pub, which was like, what would you like? This is what people are going to say. This is how people were going to order different beers. These are what all the beers are called in Italian. So my learning of Italian was basically through beer, which was wonderful. Um, so <laughs> or even like, just like class is the carry, and that he had like it written out phonetically. For he did own. it phonetically as well, which was hilarious because one of the girls I work with was like, "That son of a bee, he never did that for me." <laughs> <laughs> so I was really lucky. I literally had a cheat sheet. So I was staring at this cheat sheet for the first week or two. Looking up at people and be like, Cosa Poso per Tarti. <laughs> what can I get you? And they were looking at me like, what the? F-? And I was, so for me, it was the locals taught me. And so I went really lucky. And it was for, for my mentality, it was kind of I think fight the, or flight. The it was two like, locals who've taught you the most is definitely Luca and Leticia. Luca and Leticia are this really sweet older couple who come in, they love their pints of Guinness, absolutely love Guinness. They went to Ireland like twice in their lifetime, they just fell in love with Ireland and with Guinness, mainly Guinness. Um, and they have been my main teachers. Yeah, they were kind of the ones for enunciation, for pronunciation. Our friend Kier as well was one of the best ones when I first started out. For slang stuff. For slang stuff, for kind of, you know, all the little like, no, you don't need to say this, you can only say that. Like, you know, formal Italian is one thing, informal Italian is another beast altogether. And yeah. informal Italian is what you use every day and what all the food. Mm-hmm all the people and all the locals use so you're very very near conversationally fluent i'm nearly there i can understand i mean like nearly what everyone says i can get a gist for it but i wouldn't know the proper etiquette of replying correctly Mm -hmm. um but i can do it in my own way which is very broken but i'm very lucky like that the best piece of advice that i got was from kier was don't worry about anything else but the pronunciation Mm-hmm. no matter how slow you speak no matter how what just nail the pronunciation and no matter what people will understand what you're asking for and you've been told so many times that you have a brilliant florentine accent yes weirdly enough for a man yeah. from leitrim <laughs> <laughs> you have a wonderful pronunciation in italian it's, there. i think it's so funny that, like, like, yeah. learning italian it's like we're gonna have like the d4 accents yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're gonna have the proper d4 like we go down to the south and they'll be like these posh fucks with their italian <laughs> But so for me, learning Italian, it's been a very different journey. I don't have to, I, I work, I work online. I work with, you know, people who speak English all day. Um, and then our group of friends, they're all expats as well. So I don't have a lot of reason to use Italian except for when I'm in a pharmacy or a shop or that kind of stuff. So my Italian for the first year it grew a little bit, but not much. So um, it was when we were coming up on a year, I got quite embarrassed because I realized mm-hmm. that Cormac was getting to the stage where he was almost conversational. And I said, okay, Jane, you need to like pull yourself together. I tried Duolingo, thought it was a pile of rubbish. Um, it might work for some people. But that memory retention just doesn't work for yeah. me. Um, so I did buy, I was looking into lessons, but it was just a little bit out of the budget at the time. And when we didn't know if we were going to stay in Italy, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to invest. So I did find a course on Udemy. It cost me nine quid. I'll link it in the description. And it has been absolutely amazing. All the videos are in like 10 minute to 20 minute segments. And they do like all the colors, all the numbers, all yeah. the stuff in the bathroom, all the clothing stuff. And it's for me, I need to learn Italian with a structure 
Cormac can hear it and then he can repeat it. And I'm not able to do that. I just, I don't remember words. I've got a very mm. bad memory. And Italian, Italian language as a whole, um, you know, they've got less letters in the alphabet. Everything in my head sounds the same. Um, they way more tenses then as well, which makes so it so many tenses, hard. But I need to know the rules of the tenses. Yeah. Otherwise, it makes absolutely no sense to me. So I did do, I, I started this Udemy course. I'm only one segment in and already my Italian or like my confidence in my Italian spiked. And then the best thing for me was actually getting out of Italy for a while. When we went to Edinburgh, um, you know, we actually ran into a few Italians there. So we were able to speak like kind of broken Italian to them. That was great. But it was coming back. And when we came back, we went to the South. And for some reason, this like Southern Italian makes a lot more sense to me. It's a bit more like Connemara Irish. I don't know why. There's a bit more of a flow and a rhythm to it. Yeah, there's a rhythm. And I feel like they pronunciate a lot clearer even yeah. though they they might they talk a little bit slower as well because everything's in drama you know it's it's like so much of a larger um i have to say as well i i find that when you go down to the south and you attempt to learn italian or speak italian down there they're really welcoming of it and they know to kind of slow down and help you out whereas the the Fiorentines have a different kind of approach where it's like they're just going to continue to talk with the same pace yeah it's like you're not going to learn unless you do it this way mm-hmm. um in the friendliest way ever but it, it makes way makes it way easier down the south to learn it yeah because they really really try to dictate the word and because it's more of a the the, the language in the south is more of a rhythm more of a flow and it's yeah. like more musical and theatrical mm-hmm. so all the words bounce off each other whereas Fiorentine is just like boom 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 it's 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 quite irish in a way as well yeah. it's just like boom, 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 boom. they talk very quickly but so that has been my best thing is realizing that we're not going to understand the same italian all the time that southern italians are like if i want to watch tv shows or if i want to have a podcast on in the background to put on southern italian stuff because that just works better for me and then um you know we have an italian friend in the pub who's from southern italia southern italy so i speak to him a lot more in italian now i don't mind you know and he's great crack um but yeah it just my confidence since we got back has definitely tripled like and I am starting to like know a lot more words and it's also from hearing Cormac speak Italian Mm. that I've been able to pick up a lot of the meaning of words or it's just if Cormac says a sentence and I'm like oh what was that one word Cormac's able to tell me straight away and then I'll just remember it because I remember it in your voice and then I'm able to repeat it so um I feel like we've been really helping each other but yeah so I'm going to continue with those Udemy lessons and I would like to be this time next year, I would like to be where Cormac is now. Yeah, that I yeah, can yeah, have yeah. a that I can have a conversation back and forth. Maybe not be able to fully express myself, but um, or maybe not get all the tenses right. But to be able to have like mm. a broken but nice yeah. conversation. This time next year, I'd love to be basically fluent. Mm-hmm. I, I've really kind of I surprised myself when I started learning that, that I could actually learn a language because always in school I was terrible. But it was for me being in it every single day. And having to talk about it and work is really, really helpful. So yeah. I, like, even, I always have my 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 bar level of understanding drinks and orders, but I, I want to be able to have actual conversations and ask people like, what are you doing? And like, what's your plan for the week at the weekend? And like certain things like that. 
I have to say as well, if you like slang words, I'd highly recommend Word Reference. It's another app you can buy. Yeah. Uh, we'll link that in the description as no, well. No, it's free. It's free. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, but that's really, really good. That has all the kind of slang words. You can save then your own words and their meanings when you learn them. And it's it is really useful for kind of yeah. tying in the local stuff. Two of our friends who would be writers or work within language, they swear by that app. They yeah. just absolutely love it. So, so yeah, because uh, yeah, you have to kind of remember to save certain words because I've I made mistakes so many times. I'm lucky that I'll just keep talking. But uh can I sit in the flowers rather than sit outside? Yeah. Can I? I, I even said, I tried to tell someone that they had a lovely hat. I told them they had a lovely penis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Capano and Cabello is very, very similar, but very, very different. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't know the difference between Mayale and Miale. Like one is pork and one is honey. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Honey pork, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Miale, Miale. Miale, Miale. But, um, yeah, so now we've moved into our new place. We do have a neighbour who is an older woman and she speaks no English. And we've been here for four days and she's already beckoned us in, given us biscuits. We were in her apartment on the first night. The first night. And she um, offered us drinks and she plays techno music until two o'clock in the morning. So I feel like that's how I'm going to learn Italian, to be perfectly honest. I mean, that's the perfect way. Yeah. Like, the, the, it's like me in the pub. It's just get caught with people who don't speak English and then just try and hold on for as long as you can. Yeah. On to our next section. So, deciding to stay slash going to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So, basically, the thought process was that uh, you'd worked in, you got the offer, a call from your old boss in Edinburgh. Uh, in what May or June, maybe? No, it was earlier than that. Um, but I worked the fringe so many times. Yeah, I had a great time working for this company the last time, and I contacted them. Yeah, and um, I just Edinburgh is a really great way to make money if you're working very long hours. Um, so I got in contact because I knew that you'd always want to do Edinburgh or visit Edinburgh. I thought it'd be a great yeah. way to travel. All the rest of it. And we were getting kind of tired of Florence, believe it or not. Yeah, a little bit. Like, you know, it's that kind of, you know, you're, you're just moved to a new place and then you're there for a year. And we, we never knew that we were going to be in Florence this long anyway. We always said we'd kind of put a year on it, see where we were at. And we were but we kind got, of lost in a sense. You we know? got into a bit of a bad pattern. And I just want to talk about that for a minute because... Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to say that you might move to a new place and you're like, this is going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden a crash comes. And yeah. I think that we were feeling pretty great about it until March. And then I, in February, I'd gone home for like, uh, I had to get my wisdom teeth out, dose. Um, but when we got back, I think it was just really like, we fell into this like weird routine you don't get your roster until the Sunday evening. so Yeah, for the Monday, which is just insanity. Yeah, so Cormac never knows if he's going to be working on the Monday or not, which is a little bit frustrating. But um, I was trying to work my schedule around Cormac a little bit because mm. our apartment was tiny. And so Cormac works until, what, by the time you get home on a regular night in our old place, because we were living 30 minutes away. About one thirty. So one thirty on a regular night, and then some nights you could be coming home quarter past two, half two, yeah, and then, you know, by the time 
because we're both night owls anyway. So I kind of wait up for you. And then it was like, well, I want Gordon to have his dinner. And because you couldn't come home on your lunch breaks, we ended up having dinner once you finished work. Yeah. And then you're awake for a couple more hours. We got into a really, really bad routine of like going to sleep at 5 a.m. And then waking back up at like midday or like if I had a meeting. One o'clock or whatever, you know, yeah. and we, were, we were just exhausted and like, you know, Italy in the morning is it's, fa- it's fantastic. It's like you try to go to the markets and you try to go out for coffees and everything. But it, it just wasn't happening for us. And no. it was kind of, you know, it was, we got into a, a really kind of rough mentality of it. Oh, well, like pub, home, that's it. You know, yeah. like it was like going up to the pub and like staying there for a bit of a lock-in, having a few drinks, waking up late. I go back to work. Because there, there isn't a very late night scene on that side of town where we were living. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, well, I'd be at home, you know, we'd get up at like maybe midday or one o'clock in the day. All you can really do is go for a coffee, maybe get some groceries before Cormac could go off to work. And then it was, I do my work day, you do your work day. But then it's like, what's there really to do at yep. one o'clock in the morning yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. if we're back at home? So it did end up being like, okay, well, like, you know, I'll start work a little bit earlier and then maybe I'll come up to the pub later on in the evening and then we'll have a bit of a lock-in and we'll have the crack and sure that's it then we'll go home and it was just it just became really repetitive it became very boring it just Mm. it wasn't exactly what we wanted to be doing and like then we started overextending ourselves because we were like no no no. like we want to take advantage we want to go to events we want to go to the market we want to whatever so we'd wake up at 10 or 11 in the morning absolutely exhausting exhausting dragging ourselves out trying to make the most of our italian lifestyle and it wasn't worth it no we weren't having... we were so grumpy we were tired we we're only asleep for a few hours we we're like we have to make the most of the dolce vitae yeah and it really got stagnant for a while yeah and then is. the opportunity to to go to edinburgh for the whole month came up uh, I mentioned it to my boss because i had said to my boss that i wasn't staying for a year anyway and i was like look mm-hmm. i'm gonna go traveling for August and go to Scotland. And I was like, I'm not expecting my job to be here when I come back. I don't know if we are coming back. What's going on? Mm-hmm. It was very kind of mixed, you know. But yeah. I think as soon as we got to Edinburgh and then we got that kind of boost of just life 24-7 because festival like, energy festival energy for a whole month. And Millions of people like, coming like, to the city, yeah. And, you know, like we were, we were able to, you know, we were working until half three in the morning we're staying on site for a drink. Then we were still able to go out and get a drink after work together. We we're still able to wake up to the next day at like one or two o'clock, go to the site, start our day. Mm-hmm. And we realized that we that's when we realized that we are in ourselves, that we can't, that we do live like that, that that's just the way we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. It, and I was still able to do like other client work as well, because the more yeah. productive I am, the more productive I can be. Mm. And it was just we just become very stagnant in Florence. I feel like I wasn't doing my best work. I feel like yeah. you weren't doing your best work. I feel like you felt like maybe you weren't progressing enough in your career. I feel like, you know, you would gotten the, like you, then you were like, okay, maybe we'll do mm. wine course, maybe whatever. But Edinburgh definitely reset our energy levels, I feel. Yeah. And we were saying like, let's try and make, it opens the curtains to like, you know, we have to, we have to live our lives the way it suits us and not the way, Florence is you know we have to make the most of where we are but it's also we have to do what suits us the most mm-hmm. and it was very much a decision that we both made while we're in Edinburgh being like no like we can 
you know, live our lives to the full and we're doing it our way. Mm-hmm. And it has been incredible since then because we got back to Florence with well, such a Well, it has boost. not been incredible since then. It's well, actually been our, an absolute nightmare. Our outlook on life has been incredible since then. And yeah. Like, well, how we should live it and like how we should be as people. But unfortunately... So we when we got back from Edinburgh, we went straight into a family holiday for yeah. me. We were meeting my parents and some family members. And after that holiday, we had an extra day or two in Salerno. And I was very, I don't know, I was not down, but I was just very like, what are we doing? Like, what am I doing? What am Mm -hmm. I doing with my career? What am I doing? Whatever. And I had clients and I loved them, but I didn't feel like I was investing enough time with them. And, you know, the nature of startups, the nature of arts events, sometimes payments can get delayed, sometimes you know, you like you're chasing money more than you're actually working, you know. And so I just, you know, we'd done Edinburgh, so we had a bit of money to our name. And I was like, okay, what do I actually want to do? Like, I, you know, I was just feeling a bit like, not like a career change, but I just felt a little bit like I wasn't creatively doing stuff. I felt like, mm. you know, even like in terms of like marketing, I wasn't developing myself enough. Um, and so we had a really good two days in Salerno where maybe they were a little bit negative, but it was just us talking through what our goals were for the yeah. next year. And um, my goal was that I wanted to start developing more of the podcast stuff and doing more um, like TikTok videos and kind of growing that side of stuff because I'd never, here and there, I'd always put myself out there, but I'd never stuck to it. I never, you know, I'm always working for clients. Um, and then I You always invested more of yourself into clients then towards your own goals and of course that was, like, yeah. that was your change of mind there where you was like no I'm going to put it into myself instead of others yeah and so I realized like no like I you know I'm never in my life again going to be able to you know have a four-day work week and so what am I doing with that extra day mm-hmm. let's do something creative let's push myself let's do something else and you were the same way so yeah I came over here to learn about wine and to develop my you know, my, my knowledge base and products and kind of bring that experience back to Ireland, what I thought would be three or four months time. So I felt I'd fallen behind because I came from duty manager roles, Michelin Michelin star restaurants, you know, we have three, four rosette restaurants to work in an Irish bar and, you know, and there's like a little dive bar in the middle of of a random street in Florence. That's kind of like, uh, did I demote myself slightly? So I wanted to start developing more the opportunity to, you know, learn about wine and to learn about like, you know, the products of Italy and bring that knowledge back in the future to mm-hmm. to Ireland or wherever it is we go. And um, so for me, it was very much. So what did you do? With all I that decided sweet, sweet Edinburgh money. <laughs> that sweet, sweet Edinburgh money. I decided then that I would finally. I've been talking about doing this for four or five years. It's a WSET, so the Wine Sommelier Education Trust. So. Worldwide organization, they're very highly um, respected in the wine world for teaching people all about wine. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to finally do my course. And all the courses they do are quite expensive. You know, they're very thorough, but like they they get you to a level where it's it was over six hundred euro for the level two, wasn't it? Yes, and yeah. it's over twelve hundred for the level three. Yeah. So Corman passed the level two with distinction. Woo! Which way better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie, I thought I was just gonna get a pass, and a pass I'd be happy with. But yeah. to get a distinction would be credible. 
when they do online stuff, they do whatever. But I, it was so funny when Cormac was talking about the, you know, I want to expand the wine thing. I want to move myself on a little bit. Yeah. And I started Googling because I was like, okay, maybe for a birthday present for Cormac or something. And I started Googling it. And when I saw the location, it's the building directly across from Cormac's wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is a sign. You have to do it. Where else should you do a sommelier course? Only right across the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in the middle of Bloody Tuscany. Yeah, know? yeah. The Chianti Hills. How could you do a sommelier yeah. course when it's, you know, online? That's just, yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Or so. otherwise, then in Ireland, like at the minute, you have to travel up to Dublin. Mm-hmm. I know when I was back there last, Inca, who runs a lamplight in Gaul in Clifton, she was trying to get one set up in Galway. I think that might have just got organized, but it's still. It's quite hard to get those courses because they are very sought after. They are very like because yeah. they they you know, because they're so renowned and so respected mm-hmm. in the wine world to to get you kind of going forward. Yeah, but I um, think for next year, like what a great goal is you know this time next year you'll have your WSCT three and yeah. you'll have fluent Italian. Yeah, so there you go. Like if I ever want to go to an Italian restaurant and have my wine. Especially from the centre. I'll never have to work a day in my life. Sweet, sweet wine money. (laughs) But no, I'm really proud of both of us for just kind of like getting on our goals. And And that's what Edinburgh did. It really opened up our eyes to like, no, these are the goals. This is where we we want to be. Why can't we do it? Because we went through such a hectic work schedule for a month, working 15, 16 hour days, trying to organise and run an entire site. Mm -hmm. Other times, like, you know, it was... We, people we were have, coming and going we're going like, to be doing an Edinburgh episode so we'll talk yeah, about we'll talk, we'll talk to all through it but it was intense it was intense it was intense so one of our final segments to catch you all up on where we are now is the bed bug oh sweet sweet bed bug so we are going to do a full episode about the bed bugs yeah, so we'll keep this section kind of brief. brief. We'll keep it as brief as we can. Very basically, we got back from Edinburgh. Great mentality. Great ready mentality, Red Rock. I like we didn't have a, a couch in our house. Very basically, I was like, I want to get a couch. Let's look online. Yeah, Jane found a couch. Let's nest for the winter. Yeah, let's nest for the winter. Let's get our house really set up and cozy and and like we're gonna stay here for the year. Great. Let's really go out this year. Let's make it our own. And we got a couch and the very same night. Wasn't the couch's fault. I'll put no. that out there right away. Grand couch, but we decided we discovered in our bed that we had bed books. Um, so we didn't know we'd like we didn't really know what they were at the very start until we started Googling. Uh, the first night I thought that it was just like a swallow book because yeah, they're, they're very, very yeah, because there's a swallow nest outside of our bedroom window, and then we googled it, and like swallow book came up straight away, and we're like, oh, okay, maybe it's that. But night two, night two, more pictures more kind of evidence you're like oh fuck so yeah we so, yeah. had brief summary i'll give a brief summary we had three d infestations we spent thousands and thousands of euro we threw away probably about 55 60 percent of all of our belongings we had to get rid of like some really meaningful belongings which hurts a lot um and we then discovered after two months of trying to battle the problem that it was a building issue. It yeah. wasn't us. And it wasn't um, in our apartment. It was in the entirety of the building. In the entirety of the building. And the earliest that we can pinpoint it back, as far as we know, is May. Mm-hmm. And only the week that we decided. So we decided to leave 
that apartment. We spoke to our landlord and he just was kind of unwilling to really do anything. We spoke, we had gotten in contact with Comunale. They, you know, the people who run the building and they were going to move super slow. And for our mental health, I will get into it in the bed bug episode, but like, yeah. I genuinely feel like bed bugs could send someone over the edge. It, it like it, it just drives you insane. Like, and a lot of people have said like, oh, but they you know they don't affect your health. They're just like they they're just bugs and everything. But it's just like you can't sleep. You, you can't feel sleep. Like you can't cook there properly. You feel like nothing you own is sanitary. I. You feel edgy. You feel icky. You feel disgusting. You know the bugs running across you all night long. You then you can't sleep, and then that's like for eight to nine weeks total. Maybe we yeah. we were dealing with the situation, and like we've had to go and stay in another accommodation, and we've had to steam our clothes, make sure we don't bring the bed books with us, and we've had to do so. Everything we much own has been in vacuum sealed bags since we found them. You know that it destroyed us. That it just literally destroyed us mentally, physically, and financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was horrible. So yeah, so, we'll yeah. Do- Fun. <laughs> we'll do a whole huge bed bug episode. But yeah, so we are on day four in our new apartment that we spent an absolute bloody fortune on. But um, we're seeing this as like a fresh start. We are now in accommodation that is much more suited to our needs. So yep. um, do you want to speak on that a little bit? Just the benefits of our new place. Uh, the main benefit for me is I am about a five minute walk from work, uh, which is fantastic because I used to have like a, not the worst, said like a 15 minute cycle home to the other side of the river. But you couldn't do that on a lunch break. Couldn't know. do that on a lunch break because then, yeah, yeah, you only have half an hour in the house and you have to run off again. So I'm able to come home. It's, if, if I'm cycling to work now, it's a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. So I can come home for my lunch break. I can have dinner here, which means that the routine at night is a lot better than what we had before. Well, I can actually eat dinner at like a re- so we can have lunch before going yeah. goes to work. We can have dinner at a reasonable time. I can actually go to bed at a reasonable time. So my hours have definitely shifted a little bit. And it's great as well because the new apartment is um, over at three different levels. It's fantastic because it means that if I enter in and I want to chill out on the couch because our old apartment was really, really, really small. And so it just meant that like if I entered the house and sat down, you know, you could hear me breathing or chewing yeah, in the yeah. kitchen from the bedroom because it was only a couple of meters away. Mm-hmm. So it just means that we have that little bit of space, that we have our own little kind of, you know, and, and like I'm one of those people I love having an outdoor area. And an outdoor area for me is like really centers me, really helps. Yeah. Uh, and having a terrace obviously is just mm-hmm. like fantastic or yeah. a garden or whatever else. But um I think so. it's great for me, it's that like one Cormac's able to come back on his lunch breaks, which means that um, oftentimes, you know, Cormac's going off to work like an eight or nine hour shift and I'm in the house by myself. Even if I'm working, I do get a bit lonely or you do get a bit of like, you know, I can ring people like whatever, but there is that itch of like, oh, like I wonder if I'll like go up to the pub tonight or like, you know, if somebody texts you, but, you know, it's a 35 minute walk up to the pub. So once you're up there, you're up there. Whereas now it's like, you know, if I finish work early, I can just rock up and have a pint and it's great. Or if you come back from work some night and I'm still up working and I'm like, hey, do you just like, we went for a late night walk our second night yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, we just, we, we went and got baths actually because we had a bit of a hunger on it. So mm. we were able to walk around. We got a bit of a buzz. We didn't go for a drink or anything. Like we just walked no, around. No, we just walked like, around and like, and you know, down different streets that we'd never been down before and like found all these kind of like 
in little bars, hit little places where all the Italians hang out in town. Yeah. It's just like for the atmosphere of being in the center is amazing. And like also now we can't, because I can go to bed a little bit earlier, it means, but we're also really close to both of the big markets. So it's not like we have to wake up and it's a 20 minute walk to the side of town to go to the market. We can literally rock up out of bed and it's maybe an eight minute walk in the yeah. direction. And I know that that doesn't sound like a lot, that 12 minutes, but like, if you're lying in bed and slashing rain, you're like, the last thing I fucking want to do is get up and go to the market. Do yeah. You know? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like, no, we can just go for a coffee on the way, go to the market. Over there in less than 10 minutes, you know, like even like the nights that I had left my bicycle behind, it was a 30 minute walk to the pub for work. So now it's now that it's only about a 30 minutes for you. I mean, the best timing I ever did from our house to the pub was 38. Yeah. Like yeah. genuinely. And that's when it was like winter. And I was like fit after Edinburgh, you know. Um, so it really was a lot further than mm. I think we thought. And also the area that we had been living in was dead. Like yeah. there was nothing open on a Sunday. There was nothing open after midnight. They're all family-run businesses, all shut on Sundays after midnight. There was one or two sections near us, like Santa Spirito, that would be open. But it, it wasn't that appealing at night. So it was just, you know. Being here in the centre now, having all those areas close to us in the middle, it's, it's just crazy. And yeah. we're so lucky. We're just so lucky. That's kind of brought us up to date. Yeah, that's kind of rallied everything up into where we are now. Mm-hmm. And then to what what is coming is the big question. Season two. Season two. We've been, so. we've been teasing people so much in this episode alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't <laughs> even know. They don't even know. We, we just keep on saying, oh, are we just listening to the next episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know this, so stay tuned for more. It sounds like we're trying to run a podcast. Um, So yeah, no, season two. So basically kind of to give people an idea because of, you know, the the whole podcast has been generated from our holiday and all the cities that we've been to and giving people advice. And, you know, that's one of the biggest takeaways that we found from listeners, just like getting the advice on the different cities and different restaurants to go to and different bars. So we're going to move on from that in a little bit. Um, so we're going to do two episodes every two weeks. We're not going to put it two episodes every one week. Yeah, yeah. That's just maybe not, well, hopefully, but... No, an um, episode a week is a very good turnaround. Yeah. So we're going to have our main episodes and then we're going to have our bonus episodes. So yeah. our main episodes for this season, give a few highlights there. Guys. A couple of highlights. So we're going to talk about like price hikes in Italy since like tourism has returned. The difference it is now from when we first arrived. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about how we got scammed out of our hole in Rome. Yeah. Which just, you know, we call it getting italy mm-hmm. <laughs> So we'll get into that. Uh, we're going to do obviously a whole episode about the bed bugs and if anyone's dealt with that, like how we dealt with it and like how it's affected us. We're going to do another episode about our Tuscan tours. So all the different cities just like based around Tuscany. So Lucca, Livorno and Bologna. Talk about all those. Some really nice day trips. Yeah, so we, we've done little day trips ourselves and we found some really nice, cute little restaurants, some bars, different like activities and stuff to do in those different cities. If you just want to get out of Florence for a little while, mm-hmm. we're going to do a whole massive roundup on Florence and everything that we've learned since we got here and like our update on restaurants and bars yeah. and like different experiences and where to get them and how to get them. We're also going to do a, obviously a full in-depth look at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, how we work there, 
what we did for work, kind of all of our little recommendations if you are visiting there. Yeah, I might get a special guest or two on for that yep. episode. Um, and then we will obviously talk about um, our budgets, like in-depth budgets on our wages, um, properly in-depth on our work and stuff like that. Uh, as well as then our bonus episodes, we are going to be taking questions. So if you're not on TikTok, we are also on Instagram and um, you can find our website. So you can send us a message. It'll all be linked in the description. But yeah, we've started getting some messages and then we're also just going to be heading up the Florence, Italian and Irish Reddit boards and just yeah. finding the top questions of the week and talking about them. So we can give a load of different answers to where the best places are to come on holidays because people are always putting that into the Italian <laughs> Reddit forum. Just yeah. saying, if I, if I have a week in Italy, where should I go? So uh yeah that those kind of questions will be answered in our bonus episodes so yeah we've got a bit of a shape on season two got a little bit of a feel for where we're going to go with it yeah. and more than happy to answer anyone's questions and requests and i know a lot of other people have been asking like how the hell do i move to italy and how do i get the job so we'll go into that in more detail as well yeah um but yeah so that was our with our lovely catch-up episode. Nice to catch up with y'all. Yeah, it's great to talk to you guys. And also, thank you so much for all of your support on season one. It's been absolutely incredible to have people come up to the pub and just be like, are you Jane and Cormac? And we were like, what have I done? Oh, jeez. How did they find Lads. <laughs> I swear I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's actually happened a couple of times. It's happened a couple of times now, which is crazy. We I think never... Simon genuinely thinks that we're playing these people. To yeah, he thinks they're actors for sure. <laughs> I don't know if I still think they're actors or not either. But uh, no, it's been incredible. It's been really nice. I really hope that we can meet more of you guys in the future. As I said, we're so happy to kind of take any questions, you know, answer any queries. And yeah, and it's just been really, really good fun to meet you guys and to share our amazing, crazy whirlwind experience of how we did not plan to move to Italy, but now we're here 18 months and we live in the city centre with the view of the Duomo and a new lease on life. Yeah, it's just been crazy. It's been crazy. We're Jane and Cormac, and thanks for listening to the Irish Expat Podcast. Our next doubled episode is all about our past careers and our work out here in Italy. Make sure you subscribe, share, and leave a review if you fancy. You can find us on TikTok at the Irish Expat Podcast, and our website is oldliving.com. Thank you so much. Season two. Season two. Six more seasons and a movie. (laughs) 